Freedom-loving patriots, MAGAs, unindoctrinated, unwoke, walk-away Democrats, and those clinging to their guns and Bibles. I'm your host, Becca Bree, and you're listening to Freedom Speak. Stella Padilla's out today. Thank you for listening to us on Conservative Talk ABQ, 96.9 FM, AM 700. Be sure to check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can listen to any of our previous shows and even download the show notes, which I put there every week so that you can do some of your own research. Want to watch us live and join the conversation? We're on social media every uh, Friday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, on X, Rumble, Facebook, and soon to, be, soon to be Instagram also. You can also watch us on your TV through the Rumble app on your Roku or smart TV. There's a whole lot going on this week. A lot of stuff in the news. And I know that I'm only going to scratch the surface, but we're going to do the best we can to cover as much as possible. I can't... I, uh, by the way, I want you guys to, first of all, I want to mention something. Uh, the reason Stella's out today, she had a family emergency. It's a very serious one, as a matter of fact. And I'd like for you guys all to have her and her family in your prayers. And I'd like to take just a little moment of silence for you to really focus on that, because it's very, very important. She's dealing with a very difficult problem. I'm just going to tell you that right now. So I heard a term the other day called uh, the protocol of exclusion got my attention. Do you all remember the talk of vaccine passports that sparked so much controversy during the height of the scandemic? I certainly do. In my opinion, this was a clear violation of our right to medical privacy, HIPAA laws, which don't appear to even exist anymore, our right to travel about the country, anti-discrimination laws, and not to mention, remember the slogan, my body, my choice? Didn't apply to any of that, Don, did it? A lot of us realize the fact that since when do healthy people get coerced into getting a medical treatment that they don't need? Vaccine passports would have created divides within and between nations, could have formed the basis of access or denial from international travel, or in some cases potentially deny or grant access to domestic services and spaces, would require government collection of personal information, and would require centralized systems that carry risk of surveillance, profiling, exclusion, privacy violations, and cybersecurity threats. Basically, the normalization of exclusion and discrimination. Is this the world you guys want to live in? Not me. Are you also thinking that maybe the whole thing on 9-11 and the measures that took place after, like the Patriot Act, the formation of the TSA, strip searches before boarding a flight, confiscating your water bottle or shampoo as a potential weapon to be used in a hijacking, the SSSS terrorist watch list? Patriotic Americans being spied on by federal air marshals and things like the FISA court performing warrantless searches on American citizens was a major step towards implementing the surveillance state and allowing the government to trample all over our personal freedom. We all thought that the vaccine passport was dead. But like everything else, it has simply been relabeled, rebranded, and delegated to a non-government organization that will market it like it's the best thing since sliced bread. A protocol for exclusion that people will flock toward to sign up for. 
So here comes Community Pass Health by MasterCard. Well, that sounds really good, don't it? Their motto is enabling the digitization of health data through a modular offering to drive patient adherence. I like that word. Improve clinic efficiencies and increase data accessibility for all parties. Strange how they use the word adherence. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, this word refers to the act of doing something according to a particular rule, standard, or agreement. Kind of sounds like mandating and enforcing something. And who are all parties? They claim that global public health, because after all, your health needs to be global, will require unprecedented effort to deliver and record the, and I'm not going to say the word because I'm still on YouTube right now, the thing that starts with a C and ends with a 19. Jab treatment. And beyond. Hmm. So this isn't really about keeping you healthy. That would, after all, include things like advice on proper diet and maybe some tips on physical fitness. This is about a global database enabling a world government to deliver and record the jab. It goes on to say, Today, decision makers in developing markets, so they're going to try to start implementing this in third world countries, didn't work in the first world one so much, do not have access to timely interoperable data required to operationalize a pandemic vax response. In other words, they want to be able to track down every unjabbed person in third world countries and mandate those people get, get jabbed. I'm probably going to get kicked off of YouTube. I, I meant to end that before I even started this monologue. But anyway, we'll give it a shot. Service providers in the health sector operating alone struggle to ensure data interoperability and robust verification. Robust verification. Like, how are we going to make these people comply? And tracking of patients across multiple touch points. And then they're wondering how they're going to surveil, track, and trace these people. In many developing countries, patient health data is still collected, recorded, and stored in paper-based systems. And that just doesn't work for the new global, new world order health system now, does it? So how is all this data going to follow each one of these people in a third world country? Well, the folks at MasterCard say that their wellness pass, sounds like another name for a Vax passport to me, has secure portability using chip and biometric identity. There's the chip. I knew that was coming at some point. And biometric identity tokens and enables EMR solutions to leverage capabilities as they relate to healthcare needs. Again, I want to say this is about jabs, not healthcare. Apparently, they want people to believe that in order to be healthy, you have to be jabbed. Remember all the idiots running around after they proudly got their jab and they had their blue Band-Aid on their shoulder and they're saying, oh, look at me, I'm so cool, I'm so virtuous. A trusted and secure lo location for storing a patient's health credentials that make it offline, portable, and interoperable. So are they going to issue each one of these people a kind of credit card to carry around in their wallet? I did a little research on how a lot of people in third world countries live. It may be a bit of a shock to those of us that were born in and grew up in a first world country like the United States. A lot of these people live in something that might resemble a tool shed with a dirt floor. No furniture, except maybe a table and a wooden chair if they're lucky. The head of the household may be the only one with a pair of shoes. No running water and no electricity. They don't have books because most of these people don't know how to read. I think it is likely that very few of these people even own a wallet. So where is this secure chip? 
by MasterCard going to be kept? I'm thinking that these people will likely submit to being chipped, just like you do your dog or cat, for the promise of receiving health care. These people will be used like lab rats, because they won't know any better. This will be the test bed for what they ultimately want to do to all of us. Third world countries are where they will build the system out of sight from the rest of the world that they will try to implement on the rest of us at a later date. It won't have to be forced on us by the government. It will happen because the woke corporate oligarchy will decide it is their policy, policy, remember them policies, to protect public health. Because after all, apparently now that is part of their business model. I have not forget, forgot the nonsense that went off went on during the height of the scamdemic. I hope you have not. I do not want you to forget that. I'm going to keep reminding you constantly if I have to. Some corporate-owned businesses have already stopped accepting cash. And in the state of New Mexico, all it will take is for the tiny tyrant in Santa Fe to issue another public health order saying that mask and vax cards are required and these businesses will institute a protocol of exclusion unless you comply. They've done it before. They will do it again. This is why I've got a lot of businesses, which I'm constantly mentioning that I will no longer give them my money anymore. The MasterCard chip will give the sheeple a way to get back to normal. Although, is anything I just talked about normal? The meanings of the words have been changed. Just like a new term for abortion is reproductive health care. Medical insurance, just another name for sick insurance, is now called health insurance. When it has nothing to do with keeping you healthy at all. And now, health care is going to be associated with people that are not sick being jabbed for experimental drugs. There you go. I've had my vent for the day. Okay, I'll tell you what. We're going to get into some stuff that I'm sure the WHO, which runs YouTube, is going to find very, very offensive, and it's going to violate their community standards. If I haven't already done that... So I'm going to go ahead and terminate YouTube right now. So those of you watching my, uh, me on YouTube, I love you guys on YouTube, but you need to come over to Rumble right now. Search for Becca Marie, B-E-C-C-A-M-A-R-I, and watch us on Rumble for some free speech because we're going to be really getting into it today with the guests I have in the studio. So YouTube is going bye-bye right now. Okay, YouTube's gone. So now we can talk about the good stuff. <laughs> so I've got a couple of guests in the studio with me today. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Stella is out today. I need you guys to keep her in your prayers. And also today, by the way, is Happy Bill of Rights. I want to say Happy Bill of Rights Day. Did you guys know that today is Bill of Rights Day, a day in which the Bill of Rights was apparently enacted on December 15th of 1791? Now, we know that the tyrants that are trying to run this country into the ground don't give a crap about the Bill of Rights, and they would like to trample all over them, which they have been doing. So, in the studio with me today, I have Jody Newton. Jody you're on camera. Hi, good morning. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Jody is a firearms instructor, which I think it's very, very important. I've mentioned this numerous times that it's important to be well regulated, and Jody will help you do that. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Jody, what you do. Um, I am a firearms instructor. I've been doing that for the last 10 years. Prior to that, I was a professional photographer. And when it became a little bit difficult to economically stay alive as a professional photographer, I shifted careers. And I had, years earlier, taken my first concealed carry course. And in New Mexico, that's a two-day class minimum. And I went to take that class because I wanted to learn how to be safe carrying a firearm. And I learned a lot of stuff, but being safe carrying a firearm was not part of the curriculum. 
So that left me having to go find classes on my own. So I found some NRA courses that gave me enough information that I could feel safe carrying a gun. In my class, my two-day original concealed carry class, there were students in there who had never even held a gun before. So knowing that I had only known a little about guns before I took that class, and knowing that they knew nothing about guns before they took that class, and yet we all qualified. Here. You can sit back. Okay. Bring that right out to you. Thank you. There we go. Okay. I had somebody mention to me the other day, it's like, why am I not hardly seeing people on the cameras? I said, it's because oh. they're slumping over. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, people got to stop slumping over. <laughs> this is much more comfortable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, I decided at that moment that at some point I was going to teach concealed carry because I knew what I didn't know. And I knew that a lot of the others who were in my class and passed the qual, which is a very easy shooting qualification. Were too, also, too easy, in my opinion. Too easy. Yeah. I agree. Yes. By um, the way, I think concealed carry permits are unconstitutional. And they absolutely are. But I think training is important. But I, at I the agree. same time, mandatory training is also unconstitutional. So here's the way around that. Okay. And I hope this will get adopted. The way you get somebody to take training, which is absolutely necessary, and a lot of people don't understand what they, they don't know what they don't know. There's a lot of yeah. they don't know, um, is to offer them a very nice uh, tax rebate for any class that they take. So that if you give them a, a carrot, a money incentive, then you're not trampling on the Constitution, but you're getting the job done. Kind of like offering incentives to go out and, and have an experimental drug injected into your arm. <laughs> Hopefully not on that level. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But it's very important to, to get the training. And once I really got into this, I realized that there's so much more under the surface than anybody realizes until they actually get into it. You know, especially people that have been shooting all their lives believe they know everything there's to know because, of course, they learned it from dad and from granddad. And they, those people know everything when you're a kid. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. And I've even seen it on television shows where it's you know third generation uh, doing a show, and I they're not there's things they don't know, and I think that's almost embarrassing. For instance, a pistol, any handgun is a pistol. Somewhere along the line, people have decided that it's only a semi-auto, which is incorrect. Mm -hmm. The term pistol was established in the 14th and 15th centuries. We didn't have revolvers or semi-autos at that point in time. Um, there are multiple um, areas of the of the uh, of Europe that claim to be the source of the word pistol. And they all make complete sense, but I'm not going to go into this. The concept simply is that any handgun is a pistol. But for instance, I was talking about the third generation TV show um, came up with pistol versus revolver. It's like, no, that's really not possible because a yeah. revolver is also a pistol. Right, it is. Yeah, so as I get into this, you know, um, I decided along the way that I really wanted to focus on women in particular, although we teach co-ed. My husband works with me, and we do co-ed classes as well. Um, but I really wanted to reach the women who were like me and that I used to be afraid of handguns. I grew up on a farm in Kansas, and my dad had long guns, and they never scared me. We never, ever touched them. We never even thought about touching them, on the, the kids. But um, for some reason, because I think I had never really been around pistols at all, uh, those frightened me. And I wasn't sure if you picked it up, you know, would it go off by itself? You know, and... Um, well, you know, we talk about all the time, we talk about gun violence. So apparently guns are violent. I, yeah, crazy. You know, mine have never gone out on any rampages and committed any violence that I'm aware of. I'm sure that's true. I keep, them, I keep a lot of them locked up just in case. <laughs> but... From what I've been able to tell, they've all been behaving very well. Yes. Yeah. Well, one of the things I teach students initially, because women who are intimidated by a firearm and come into the class because they have a need, which is like when I went into it, I went into it because I had a need. I had a photo studio here in Albuquerque. Two women-owned businesses very near mine were robbed at gunpoint one Christmas season. Um, and my husband, I both said, I need to learn how to handle a firearm and protect myself and my employees. And that's what really got me into and Great. do this. But uh, like I said, once I took the class and I said, okay, this is not enough information. So while we teach a two-day class for people who are well-skilled and well-knowledged and very knowledgeable, um, most of what we teach is a four-day class. So it's every Saturday for four in a row or every Wednesday for four in a row, whatever it is, we do this full time. Um, and I really wish I could go to a fifth day because there's that much more I would really like them oh, yeah. to know. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. So I want to introduce our other guest that I have in with us today. I got him at the last minute yesterday. He's a good friend of a lot of people that we know, Jay Block. And he said, hey, you need to give this a guy a call. I bet he, he would really, really be great on your show. So Neil Heiss. How's it going, Neil? Well, it's going quite well. I'm actually very honored to be with you ladies this morning, and and I expect to learn a lot. <clears throat> yeah, I, I've known Jay Block for some length of time, and I really appreciate his gumption to try to make New Mexico a better place. And there are several other individual legislators in, in our roundhouse that are trying to do the best they can but we do have a um, dictator, if you will, running our place at New Mexico, and it's it's a shame. And Jody, in listening to you this morning, uh, briefly about the the guns and the women, I, I just keep thinking about a woman going into a gas station at night, having to think about protecting herself in Albuquerque, which is just sad. It's just a sad state of affairs that our country has devolved into this particular point in time where concealed carry is necessary, armed is necessary to protect yourself, your kids. Uh, it's, just, it's just sad. And I'm, I'm, I applaud your efforts. Thank you. And I agree with you that more, more training is absolutely necessary <clears throat> to... Uh, folks who may not have had some in their life at some time. And uh, uh, again, I applaud you for doing that and and, uh, wish you continued success. Thank you very much. So, you guys, let's really dig into this. Let's get into some good stuff. Um, What are your thoughts on this this MasterCard Wellness Pass? What, what What do you think, Jody? I think it sounds an awful lot like Revelation. Yeah. Yeah, Book of Revelation talks about uh, the mark of the beast, and uh, a chip under the skin would be exactly what it what uh, it would uh, do. Uh, so I've been waiting for this to happen, and it's a little bit um, scary to see that it's actually uh, arriving. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, if you guys want to call in and you're watching us live on the live stream, give us a call and join the conversation. The number is 505-444-5059. I'm also watching your chat on social media. I'm, I'm monitoring X, Rumble, and Facebook. So if you guys post something on there, then I will also see that, and you can join the conversation. Um, and I'm seeing Tamara on there. Prayers for Stella, absolutely. Um, Michael here says, sickness care is the proper term. Big Pharma doesn't want you healthy. No, they don't. As a matter of fact, I, am, I have told people I know that if I ever get sick, I do not want to go to the hospital under any circumstances whatsoever. I've got a really, really great doctor locally, which isn't buying into the nonsense. A lot of doctors nowadays, and I've mentioned this before, seem to be uh, just following protocols. And the protocols of a lot of the hospitals is to kill as many people as possible, in my opinion, because they're getting paid big bucks for it. And that happened a lot during the height of the scamdemic. We had treatments withheld. We had people I knew that were killed in the hospital. We have, you know, we have turbo cancer going on right now. And this is a result of people getting that jab, killing their immune system, killing their body's ability to instruct it to fight things off like cancer and things like that. You don't normally think of cancer as, as a disease that the body fights off, but ultimately that's how you your body deals with everything, including cancer. And some people's bodies simply lose the battle. But, you know, there is evidence out there, there's research that's been presented that it kills your immune system. And that's where we're having these uh, these events of turbo cancer is what the what it's been named, where you get diagnosed with cancer just out of the blue, and then within a few, within a few months it goes stage stage four and you're dead. Wow! Absolutely true, Becca. Absolutely true. One of uh, my longtime friends' daughter, who was a nurse, the hospital forced her to get the shot. Bang! Double mastectomy, cancer, and and she's a young woman. 
had the bright, bright future in front of her, and I, I have, I haven't checked lately to see how they're doing, but it wasn't going so well, and it's, it's not good. I noticed the other day I was reading Steve Kirsch, a statistician that has spent a lot of time with statistics showing that the people that are getting jabbed are dying and uh, the the curve is going up and it's not if it was a real vaccine that worked the curve would be going down which it's not doing so we have a real problem and and this you mentioned the the mastercard mark of the beast if you will jody i believe you're absolutely correct yes they're doing that in South Africa. Why are they doing that in South Africa? For the exact reasons you said, Becca, is that people there don't have a clue what's going on. No, they don't. They don't have televisions. They're not watching news. They don't know what's going on. They, they don't have the ability to research and get right. information. They don't have a wallet. So let's get these ignorant third world country people and let's let's let's, let's experiment this. on them. And Bill Gates is behind that 100. You yeah, know, at like, the very least, he's funding a lot of this that, stuff. I'm right, and it's, yeah. it's just a sad state of affairs. That, that we have this happening in our world that's it's all about control. It isn't about anything else. Depopulation to an extent that we won't believe because it's going to be humongous. Mm. And on top of that, lately, insurance companies, if you die and you've got an insurance poly death policy and they find out you got vaxxed, they're not going to pay. Wow. Because you got vaxxed. Yeah, well, that doesn't get talked out about enough it now, does, does it, not. Neil? You know, so yeah, you know, our, our viewer here on uh, Rumble, she says, "Frontline doctors, which I love, those people um, have spoken out to many, uh, spoken of many vaccines that have caused mental health problems as well as a lot of neurological issues that have all uh, uh, suddenly just popped up." Autism comes to mind. Mm-hmm. This d- pandemic of autism in young children, because the parents believe in their heart they're doing the best they can for their kids. They go get them vaccinated with some vaccination for whatever, mm-hmm. and it, and the next thing you know, within 24 hours, there are there are documented cases of children coming up with autism, and it's wow. and it's because of the vax. So it's not necessarily the RMNA vax. It's just a vax. Mm-hmm. So things have changed since the last century when I was vaxxed on things. Okay, guys, so we're going to take a break here, and then we're going to get in the next segment. I want to continue this discussion, and then I also want to get into this um, Health Department Rule 2.13. I don't know if uh, you might have heard some mention of that going around around the news. It's a lot of a lot of crazy stuff going on there. So, so you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie uh, and Stella. Stella's out today. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same day crowns, 3D x rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. 
I'd like to tell you about where I take my own car for general auto repairs. Gennaro's Auto, located at 544 Louisiana Boulevard Southeast in Albuquerque, can take care of all your general auto repair needs with fast, friendly, honest service at the lowest price in town. Gennaro's can handle anything from tune-ups and electrical repairs to a total engine swap. E. Tim Young, hablamos espanol. Give Gennaro a call at 804-8750 or just stop by their shop at 544 Louisiana Boulevard Southeast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Do you need a trailer to haul something around? Check out my friends at JP Trailer Sales. They've been doing business in Albuquerque for seven years. Whether you're hauling cars, landscaping equipment, dirt, or your favorite off-road toys, JP Trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs. They have open trailers, enclosed trailers, and can even do special orders. You'll always receive great, friendly customer service, and no appointment is ever needed. Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast in Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. Would you like to move on from being a keyboard warrior to owning your own media? I'm Floyd Cisco with Spoken Words in New Mexico. I can take your event to the next level by providing cameras, microphones, video switchers, and other hardware to turn your event into a professional production. See what I've done for others and what I can do for you at rumble.com slash Spoken Words New Mexico. To get started, send me an email at spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Again, that's spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming. From the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape, it can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order, and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505-362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. Welcome back to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Stella's out today. 
you want to call and join the conversation, the phone number is 505-444-5059. And you can also uh, post your comments on social media. We're watching on X, Rumble, and Facebook. And watching all your comments on there. So we were talking about, before the break, we were talking about... uh, my opening monologue in which I talked about the protocol for exclusion. How they will exclude you because you're not doing what they want you to do. You're not taking their jabs. You're not following their protocols. I'm also not really all that uh, confident with hospitals anymore, especially after what we've seen. You know, I talked about before about how during the height of the scamdemic in which Treatments that were life-saving treatments like Regeneron and Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were withheld from patients. It's like, this person is dying. Why would you not try everything that you possibly can? But in fact, that's exactly what they were doing. They were withholding these treatments and people were dying. I witnessed this myself. And I talked about the turbo cancer. I've got a good friend that has already lost several close friends of hers that got the jab, got the turbo cancer. We've got all these weird diseases coming up, just popping up all of a sudden. People's immune systems have been destroyed by this thing. I've been been hearing that there's somewhere between 10 and 17 million people have been killed worldwide here on this jab. And that's from the Steve Kirch, the and there's another gentleman, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. But, you know, you talk about having this passport. It turns out that I think next May, the World Health Organization and, uh, and uh, WEF, the World Economic and Forum. And Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Doesn't that guy creep you out just to, yeah, by listening to him yeah, talk? Yeah. And he sounds you, like a Nazi. If you look back in the historical pictures at Nuremberg, there may be a picture of old Klaus as a young lieutenant in the SS standing behind one of the guys that signed the, the document. So I find that interesting. But uh, if, for example, my wife and I would like to travel to the 80th celebration of d-day which is uh, next june well they're going to vote on this passport on in may okay so if you decide well let's go to europe and we'll have a, a soiree over there and you get there and me being unvaxxed never will be uh and the same with my wife we get over there and and we're having a good time and then we decide to come home and they voted it in and you don't have a passport you can't get home so that makes it real interesting uh, for the general population who does not believe in the VAX, in the government control, in the World Health, and the WEF. So things are, things are coming to a head, I believe. And it could be, Jody, you are exactly right. It is, it's the revelation time coming here. Yeah, it's looking that way. Day of judgment. Yeah. And I said, hopefully we'll get raptured out early. <laughs> Could only hope. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was talking about Tal uh, MasterCard, and they're calling it a wellness pass, <laughs> is uh, instituting this in third world countries. And I described some of the conditions. A lot of people that live in the United States, they, they, they don't realize how some people in this world live. Now, I'm not saying these people are unhappy. I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of these people live very happy lives. They, they're used to not having anything. Right, right. And, and, and I've mentioned this, like, be happy with what you have. You know, even the poorest people in this country have live like kings and queens compared to some of these people in third world countries. Right. Absolutely. And yet they whine and complain, you know. And, but... What they're going to do is these illiterate people, and nothing against them because they're illiterate. They simply never had the chance to read, learn how to read and write. Right. So these are the perfect people to experiment on because they haven't read anything. 
They don't have access to television. Uh, the one article I read is like the entire village they, that they live in might possibly have one radio to listen to that they share among the entire village. Mm. So they don't, know what's, they don't know what's going on in the world. Right. These people are going to come in. They're going to victimize these people. They're going to tell them stuff. They're going to believe it because, oh, well, you know, a lot of them are dying from diseases that we eliminated decades ago. Right. And so if they're told, hey, you know, if you just let us just implant this one little thing under your skin, maybe, maybe under, your, under your hand, you know, in, in your hand there. Right. Uh, that uh, we'll be able to help you so much more. <laughs> mm. and, and they're not going to realize it, but they are going to receive mandatory treatments. They're going to probably go along with it because they don't know any better. And they're going to normalize this stuff in third world countries. And, and then they're going to try to bring it to us here. And like you said, Neil... They're going to coerce people like they coerced people like crazy during the height of the scandemic for everything. And they're going to coerce people that want to travel. You know, I have one friend I've been talking to just over and over again because she's just bent on going to Costco. I will no longer go to Costco because I was accosted, accosted in Costco. Hey, that's that. Yeah, that that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was accosted in Costco. I've mentioned this before by four managers because I wouldn't wear a mask. They all surrounded me. They converged on me. Like they had nothing better to do, like maybe selling stuff. You know, it's like they wouldn't want. No, they had to converge on me. They grabbed my cart. They took my stuff out of my cart. They made me leave. Oh, my gosh. So That's the, ignorance the fascist tyrants at Costco, I will never, ever give them any more of my money. Same thing at Best Buy and a number of other stores mm. that I will never do business again. But but people are saying, well, yeah, but you know, they're not requiring a mask anymore. They Everything's gone back to normal. These people have proven who they are. Right. You know, like one person I heard said one time, the masks have caused the masks to fall off. We know who people are. Oh, that's good. We know who the tyrants are. We know who the fascists are in this country. And I refuse to give, give them my money anymore. Well, there, along with that, you, you have to laugh. Okay, this virus, the RMNA virus, escaped from a level four lab. And you think a cotton mask is going to stop the thing? You know, the, the virus is 50 nanograms 50 nanometers in diameter. A light wave is 147 or some number like that. Are you kidding me? The the folks don't ha don't have a clue of what they're talking about. How the masks are just worthless. And you see people wearing masks today that that still believe. And I I just find that amazing. You know, it's just amazing. Well, there are a number of studies that have come out that prove undoubtedly that the masks don't work because exactly what you're saying oh they work what? <laughs> not for not yeah. for not for what a lot of people think they work there for. You go. they to work for com making compliant. people used to compliance there you go right right it's all about compliance it's about mm -hmm. oh well if they'll comply with this then you know maybe just this one additional thing we comply to that too and then this additional thing kind of like right. the incremental attack on the second second amendment you know, yeah, it's the same thing. Sure. These people play the long game. Oh, yes, for sure they do. Yeah. I have seen that in the Mexico politics forever. As a businessman here in New Mexico, I, I spent 62 years in business. And because you, if you're in business, you need to be involved in politics because they're into your wallet. Yes, that's correct. And so when you go up to Santa Fe and you watch what happens up there, it. There's something that you don't want, and there's a big uproar about it. Well, they'll put it back on the table and for a while, and they bring it back. And that's that's happening across this country in every state and and in D.C. where with the big uproar, it'll go away. They count on us not remembering about three months, and they bring it back. And well, you know. Neil, people do have short memories. Uh, unfortunately, that's true. That is true. They, they, 
they'll they'll do something like I, I I wonder how many people have forgotten how awful it was under the height of the scandemic all the tyranny they brought down on you I wonder how many people have just completely forgotten about that I've made it a point not to forget about that and I agree with you I remember and I apologize for going to Costco I still do but, but, shame on you yes but standing outside in the cold in the line with a mask on because that that's the only way you could get in you know and I'm thinking this is horse manure, but... Well, the it, logical thing there would have been to spread people out, not to congregate them. Sure. And right? If they, didn't, if they really didn't want us to get this virus, they would have had all the little stores open, spread people out, right? Not, not forcing us all into a single funneled... Location. Agreed. And instead, they killed the little stores, which is just a terrible thing. And yes. that, that's part of the control you're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One world order. Yeah. You know, I had a uh, one of my uh, followers on Facebook yesterday posted a uh, a comment to me, and I challenged him on this. He he said, "Please do not call yourself a conservative. You are not. You are a far right winger." <laughs> yeah, and and so I I challenged him on that. I said, "Do you even watch my show?" Because if you watch my show, you'd realize I'm not a far right winger. There's a lot of issues that. That a lot of extreme conservatives disagree with me on, you know, I and so I challenged him. I said, well, uh, if you want to talk to me about this, feel free. Call me on the show today. And I'm challenging you. If you're watching right now, you need to call in. Call in and I'll talk to you. I promise I am not going to treat you badly. I treat everybody fairly that calls on the phone. I don't try to bash people or anything, but we will have a logical conversation about what exactly you're talking about. You know, I, I'm i kind of like what you would refer to if, if you were to go back to, say, the 60s. I was born in the 60s. That I would be considered one of those liberals from the 60s kind of attitude in which I have this attitude that uh, I think the man, the government needs to stay out of my business and I should be able to live my best life, whatever that is, as long as I am not infringing on somebody else's freedom or rights. I, why is that so complicated? Now, how does that make me an extreme right winger? I would say that probably makes me kind of I don't know. Normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conservative. Right, conservative. Yeah. Apparently this person don't know what a conservative I is. I think they're, yeah, I think that's correct. And I think that the the left tends to love to you call people names, you know, try to pigeonhole everybody. I mean, there's all those catchphrases, and they hear them and they repeat them without thinking about what does that really mean. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, biased. It's racist. It's all those things that right. that make make you feel guilty well yeah i'm not yeah so uh, give it your best shot you know it just doesn't work out that way i just read an article yesterday that was very interesting that was it was a writer and he he said i used to scuba dive into the world of words he said now i find myself skimming across the surface like i'm on a jet ski Mm. and he said that's uh, what he feels uh, all the attention into electronic devices has done to us. So I think this might explain why the current generation can't think. They can't deep dive into topics because they are, they've just never learned to do that. I mean, look at what we're doing in the school systems. Where do you see them deep diving into Nothing, education? Yeah, right? That, that, it's all skimming the surface if, if, if they even do that. Yep. No, you, you got a point. I, I tried a little experiment several weeks ago I felt like a lot a lot of people nowadays they've gotten so used to their devices and their screens their little screens that they carry around mm-hmm. that they believe that having interaction with people is typing them a text message right. or posting a post on Facebook now those things are all great I mean, for like having like a, a more active connection with people, you know, I, okay, I'm okay with that. I, I do that myself. But there is no substitute for, if somebody's far away, a phone conversation, right. hearing somebody's voice, right. hearing the inflection in the way they say words and things like that. And there is absolutely no substitute 
for a face-to-face interaction, like I've got you guys in the studio with me today. Now, I could have brought you guys on my new Zoom link. Right. But you would be just a picture and a voice on a screen. That's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, so much of what we communicate has to do with body language. Yeah, and, you know, I so what I did several weeks ago, I got to thinking about, you know, I feel like I'm calling people all the time just to because I call them because I want to let them know, hey, I'm thinking about you. Right. I care care about you. I love you. You know, it's like, you know, I, I, I miss talking to you. And I will do that. I will call them. But it felt like that I was always calling all the time and nobody was ever calling me. So it got me to thinking. I wonder if I stop calling everybody. I wonder how long it's going to take for them to miss me and for someone to call me. Mm. And do you know, there was one person that I stopped calling two years ago and I haven't heard from them since. And I think that's going to be the common commonality <laughs> right know? there. And yeah. then there were some, some people that I still that still haven't called me and they still don't get it. And, you know, the, the one guy, Jason, that does the late night show with me, he called me the other day because it had been a few days he said, hey, uh, Becca, I'm just calling just to see how you're doing. I was just thinking about you. I said, thank you, Jason. That made me feel so good that you took the time to give me a call. And, and another friend called me and says, well, I haven't heard from you. And I haven't fr- heard from you since Thanksgiving. And I said, well, that's intentional. And, and she said, well, what do you mean? I said, because I wanted to see how long it was going to be before you called me. <laughs> A simpler way might be just yeah. to suggest to all your friends at the end of your ver- verbal conversations that I would love to have you give me a call back sometime so we can actually interact again over the phone. I think if you explain that that's your intent, you'll probably have a, a more happy ending. Yeah, maybe I use the sledgehammer approach. I, I'm not really sure. Anyway, so so a lot of them watch this show. It's like, well, now you know what the deal is. And it's like, you know, you need to be, you know. A friend of mine years ago made a comment to me, and she was right, um, made a comment that, and, and, and I had a discussion with a friend of mine about this the other day, that when you interact with people, sometimes you got to tell, tell them something that you think might hurt their feelings. And really, you're trying to, you're really trying to be being cowardly, and, and you're not saying it because you're too afraid to do it. But sometimes some things need to be said. And by saying it, you're you're taking you're taking that risk because you care about them and you want to share something that is important to you. So I have a okay. technique for that that I learned from a friend of mine. Yeah. <clears throat> he starts out by saying, "You know I love you, right?" And then he'll go on to what he wants That's to say. That's not bad. And then he'll come back to that. You yeah. know I love you, right? Yeah, right. That's why I'm saying this to you. Yeah, I've used that in those kinds of conversations before. Well, and I had this friend of mine tell me years ago, and she was right, or at least it appeared to her to be the problem. She said, you know, Becca, you lack empathy. And it's like, that hurt. And it's Mm -hmm. like, really? Am I really that kind of a person, a person that doesn't care about what other people think? And literally, I thought about that up until recently. And it's like, you know, I, it's something I've been working on, but what it really was is that I get so wrapped up in my head thinking about things. I mean, it's why I'm good at doing this show in which talking about all of these things going on, <clears throat> but I have these thoughts going through my head all the time, and I get wrapped up in my own head, and somebody will be talking to me, and I'm already thinking about something else in my head and not really focusing so much on what they were saying. At least that's the way I used to be. Sure. And... By her pointing that out to me, it made me realize, like, why would she think that about me? And then I, you know, I figured it out eventually. And it's like, I think you need people nowadays. A lot of people are wrapped up in this. They're wrapped up in their in their devices. They're staring at their phones. You go to restaurants and they're all staring at their phones and they're not talking to each other. It's like, why did you go to the restaurant together? You're all talking to somebody else on your phone. You know, but. You need to focus more on being a good listener, too. And it's like, you know, like when I'm talking to you guys here, it's like I'm focusing on what you're saying because I care about what you have to say. Um, and But people need to do that more. And that's the same thing as like a phone call. It's so easy and cheap to send somebody an electronic text or, it's, it's or a message. It's, it, you know, 
right. too easy to pop the phone up and just text something where when you and I believe you're you're on to something there about uh, having a conversation eyeball to eyeball. Mm-hmm. Well, you all know what happens when you're offended, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. So people who are afraid of offending people, that's just the way it is. You learn from your mistakes. If you've offended somebody because you said something that hurt their feelings, well, you go, okay, let's analyze that and think about it. And maybe the person's right. Maybe the person's wrong and you really don't care. But if you have offended somebody and that you care for, then you go, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was an offensive remark. It just is true. And deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, my my friend Tamara, she's on Facebook watching us, and she said, no one calls me ever. Tamara, I call you. <laughs> <laughs> I call you. And you call me, and I appreciate when you call me. I was like, I don't know if you know that or not, but I like it when you call me from time to time, Tamara, because it shows that you care. And that's why I call you too. So at least I'm calling you. I think you, I think you've hit the, the nail on the head with because I care. There you go. Yeah. The, the simple text does not convey nothing. Is there's no emotion in the text? Exactly. It's very it's very um it's a it's a short way of communicating when it's not an important issue. Mm, if it's important or the person is important, then that's when you call. Exactly. So, is it what does the emoji do for you? Nothing. Yeah. You know. So I I agree. This this personal interaction is. So much better than, and this is the demise of America with the, right. the little phones. And it's an stuff. addiction. It, yeah, it is. You know, a friend of mine pointed out uh, she actually does, uh, you know, therapy for people, and uh, she pointed out that a lot of people have the problem with their phones of uh, uh, a condition which she refers to as FOMO, fear of missing out. People are staring at their phone all the time because oh, yeah. they're afraid they're going to miss out on something. Mm. You know, I a lot of this, I got to thinking about a lot of this last weekend because last Sunday was my birthday. And I got, you know, I can tell you guys, all of my Facebook people that are on Facebook, I've got like over 770 connections on Facebook. And a lot of those people sent me messages on Facebook and, and, you know, and that's great because a lot of the people that are connected with me on Facebook, I say connected with me on Facebook. I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily use the friend, the name, the term friend so loosely as a lot of people do nowadays. Um, their connections on Facebook. A lot of these people I've never met, but they follow my posts and they, they interact with my posts and a lot of them watch my show. And I think that's amazing. But, a lot of them are people I've never actually met. I've never actually spoke to. So they're acquaintances. And there's nothing wrong with having an acquaintance. And, and, and I think it's great when acquaintances send me happy birthday wishes, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. You know? Um, but then I've got friends. I've got friends that I know that aren't necessarily all local. Some of them are further away. Um, and... A couple of them actually called me on the phone. My mother always calls me for, by the way, hi, Mom, I know you're watching. Um, My mom always calls me for my birthday every year. And I know when I see her number on the on the caller ID, she's in Ohio, and she sings happy birthday to me every year. And I do the same thing for her because her birthday is three days after mine. You know, so we'll sing sing happy birthday to each other each year. And then I had uh, so there was that. And then then my roommate, uh, which is also a good friend of mine, took me out to a restaurant and we hung out and talked and had a really awesome Brazilian meal. I love Brazilian restaurants. And then uh, another friend of mine, the one friend I said that I hadn't talked to on the phone in weeks, they called me and I explained to her and she took me out. We went to, uh, they had a, a Jewish celebration at Balloon Fiesta Park last weekend. All right. And so we went to that and that was really fun. They had a band there and a, a well-known singer there and there was a lot of people there and a lot of people brought food and it was really a, a very friendly, happy event. And and then her and I went to went to Chili's afterward and had a had a nice cocktail and and a, a molten chocolate cake and just sat there and just talked about our inner feelings for hours. And you know, last 
Sunday was probably one of the best birthdays I have ever had in years Mm. because I got this face-to-face time. I got to really get into some deep conversations. So that stuff matters, and we used to do a lot of that stuff a lot more years ago, and a lot of that seems to be going by the wayside, and we have all this division. It's so easily to get divided when all you're doing is interacting with a message on social media because that that's why I, I told my one follower on, on Facebook, I said, call into my show. Let's talk about it. Because I'm definitely not an extreme right winger. (laughs) I I believe that going to the extreme, either right or left, ends in the same place. It ends in fascism. Yes. And and none of us want that. Right, right, right. Yeah? Going back to cell phones. Yeah. I believe you sent me a link to an article that was very interesting about um, cell phones causing... Uh, tumors. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah, and I'd heard that before, but that's the first documentation I've seen. So it makes it a little, uh, makes me think I'm not going to have it plastered against my head as often. It's not a good idea. Yeah. And and, and I can tell you from an engineer's uh, standpoint, radio waves, when they're coming off the transmitter, um, your antenna, you know, your your cell phone has an antenna. You just don't realize that it's it's built into the back mm. of, of the phone. Um but when you have the phone like right up to your ear, yeah, there's some really powerful RF uh, going into your brain from there. All you have to do is back off from that phone just a few inches, and that drops off exponentially. Oh, good to know. So it's a much better idea to use it on speakerphone or to use absolutely I, even e- you know even Bluetooth devices. I I haven't I seen can't anybody do any people research. People use on Bluetooth devices because that's yeah. radio wave right there. In well, your ear. stuck right in your ear. You yeah. I mean, that's why I quit using my Bluetooth. I, that's ago. why I won't use one of those yeah, things. It's like a lot of people walk around with those those pod things stuck in their, in their ears. ears all the time. constantly just constantly getting irradiated and they think bluetooth is somehow safer but no you've still got a you've still got a radio transmitter just just a fraction of an inch from your brain right uh, right there all the time so nobody's really researched bluetooth but i have a feeling that there could be an issue with that too I'm just I'm just speculating on that. When you think about radiation and the beginnings of radiation and the discovery of radiation, it turns out that uh, scientists, I think, at Los Alamos in World War II, when they were building the atomic bomb, had a candy bar in his pocket. Okay, we're going to have to wrap it. Hold that thought, Neil, okay? Okay. All right. So anyway, so uh, you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella, and I want to get in. We're going to continue that thought, and then I want to get into the Rule 2.13. You're going to be terrified by this. Anyway, don't go anywhere. <laughs> 